You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Good morning, everybody. So that's... It's good to be with you, and thank you, uh, Praise Band, for leading us in worship and glorifying God and all you do. Uh, you bless us. Uh, this morning, uh, I would, uh, on Memorial Day weekend, uh, hope and pray, and I, and I think you will, I know that I will, in this, in this weekend that we'll uh, give gratitude and thanks for those that have uh, given the ultimate sacrifice, but also I would really encourage us to Remember, remember the people that poured the faith into us, that give us the legacy of faith. I really encourage us to do that this weekend as well, because that's a big deal. Most of us didn't get here. We got here because of God's grace. But most often it comes through people who pour into our lives. Well, this morning I'd like to begin, uh, let's begin together uh, with a couple questions. So how many of you are concrete thinkers? Okay, not an overwhelming response, but uh, okay. Yeah, now I'm seeing you. Okay, good, concrete thinkers. How how many of you prefer to think in more abstract uh, and appreciate ambiguity? Wow, more, okay. That's great. Well, it's going to be an interesting morning then. Good deal. (laughs) Thanks for uh, participating. Well, this morning, I want to we'll continue. I want to invite you into an, an experience with me, okay? We'll go here together. It's one that I've had, and I think uh, it, it, will be, uh, it will be good. It's an experience that, for me, is a few years ago now, but it was a marker in time. Before this experience, I thought and believed one way, and I didn't even know it, and after the experience I, I thought and believed in another way. And so what you need to do is place yourself, and so I, I remember it vividly, I was sitting on the third floor of the Kansas Hall with a bunch of theology students. Now I know you've all wanted to be theology students, right? Yeah, overwhelming response again. So, um, so I invite you to think about, you know, you're in a circle and you got a teacher in there and you're all facing each other. And you know when you got to face each other and there's a teacher in there, you gotta, you're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have to say stuff. And somebody's going to top you, right? So already you're thinking, whatever he's asked or whoever says something, i got to say something better than that. But at least that's kind of how I think. I tend to think I'm not competitive, but that's kind of how I feel when I'm in a group confessing. And so imagine you're a theology student, and uh, the professor says, well, I'm going to read from Scripture the creation story, a part of it, and then I want you to to share with us what is revealed to you. What does God reveal to you through this story? And after I read the scripture, we'll have silence, okay? And we'll just sit in silence. So we'll do that today a little bit. All right. I'm going to read the scripture, sit back, theology students, and uh, hear the word. All right. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. and Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. And over the cattle and over the wild animals of the earth. And over every creeping thing 
that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and to every beast upon the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps upon the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. All right. We'll have some silence. All right. And so now the teacher got in the middle of the group, if you will, and said, now tell us what God revealed to you. And so these are some of the responses that I remember. And I do remember an overachiever stepping up first. And, uh, and I think first what I heard was that God provides for us. All over that scripture, God provides for us. And that we human beings, and others, so get, you know, we get affirmation from the teacher. And then another colleague said, uh, we human beings are, are highly esteemed in the order of creation, but with that comes a lot of responsibility, all right, that dominion. God created us in his image, okay? So we really reflect. That's what we're intended to do is reflect God and who we are. And creation is good. I mean, it is very good. And God is creating and creates and is still creating. And out of that, we're co-creators because we're made in God's image. So we, we are creative people with tremendous capacity. And God blesses us. God wants to bless us, does bless us, wants to leave us better off through who God is in our lives. And so we go on for a bit, and, uh, and then as good teachers do, uh, again, they say thanks. But you knew the way he said thanks, it really wasn't what the teacher was looking for, although it was good. Good insights into the character of God. Good insights into the character of God. But let's go back to that first sentence he said. Let's go back to that first sentence. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have. And so who is, who is us and who is our in that opening of Scripture? Now there's a really awkward silence, okay, because you know he's looking for something specific here. And then another brave soul steps up and says, well, that's, that's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's God in three persons. And the teacher says, that's right. And that is so, so important that you understand and believe in the Trinity. And then a person or two in the room says, so why is that so important? Why is that so important? What difference does that make in our lives? And the teacher said, that's because we're 
We're created to be in community that reflects God. And we, we won't fully know God or ourselves unless that we're in community. That we have to be in community. And that the Trinity, the Trinity changes everything and gives us a radical view of who God is, who we are, and how we understand the world. And so it was about that, it was about that point uh, when, that, when he said that, you know, the student said, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For me, if you could have seen inside my head, it kind of went, because, because I just really didn't believe that or think that. I'm not sure, I mean, I believed in God, but I didn't believe fully in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existing, if you will, outside of time and creating the world. Now, today is Trinity Sunday, as Pastor Bob said, so we celebrate like many churches throughout the world. We're celebrating the Trinity. And yet for many of you, and many of you know your Bible well, the Trinity itself is not, is not explicitly, that word does not appear in the Scripture. And so who is God to you today and to me? Who is God? Is God mostly angry all the time? Or is God, yeah, that's mostly, that would appear to be a mostly angry God. Uh, or is God um, indifferent to you? In other words, does God, does it feel like God just doesn't care? Or is God, do you see God and do you know God as a living God, the God that shapes? We, it was all over those lyrics that KJ and the band were singing, a God that shapes us. Who do you and who do I? Noah's God. Well, we have to uh, talk about Pastor Jason here today because he's not here, so we'll do that. Um, and so, uh, as, as we like to call him Father Jason, um, likes to say everybody, everybody's a theologian. Everybody. So, Jim, you're a theologian. Yep. Okay, good. And Bob, you're a the theologian. Aaron, I'm going to pick on this side a little bit. Ruth, you're a theologian because everybody, everybody has a, a current view of who God is. And yet in the Scripture, the Scripture reveals to us very clearly that who God is. The Trinity is all over the pages, the, Trini the Trinitarian understanding, and the depiction of God is all over the pages of Scripture. For example, in the Gospel of Mark, right in the beginning, uh, I think it's the 10th verse, is that we see Jesus being baptized by John, and then who descends upon Jesus? Yeah, the dove, the spirit comes down. And then we hear a voice from the heavens. It's the Father, God, right, and says, and this is my son in, in whom I am well pleased. And so throughout the scripture then, we see these within a sentence or two. The Trinity is alive and working. In the world then and in the world today. Now, orthodox theology, and that means right belief, if you will, right belief and understanding of God teaches us. We're going to use the shield of the Trinity here just to make sure that for the concrete thinkers, this is very clear, okay, of who God is and who God isn't. All right, and this was developed in the 15th century. And uh, so, as we can see in this, the, uh, the Father is God, the Son is God, 
The Holy Spirit is God, but the Father is not the Son or the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Father or the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. And yet, in the Trinity and in the, in the Scriptures, we very clearly reveal to us a God with these attributes. Hear these. Perfect, self-giving, collaborative, always working together, trusting, creating, loving. This is the eternal community. Let us create humankind in our image. Now, that's the essence of God, the essence of God. And so we're going to use Scripture to tell us more about the very essence of who God is. And so hear, hear this Scripture. In fact, I'll invite you to stand with me as we read this. So let's read this from 1 John. All right. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. All right, thank you. You may be seated. So we see very clearly that the Father sends the Son out of love for us. But the God story continues in, in Scripture and reveals more to us about Jesus. In Philippians, in Paul's word to the church there, he says, Though he was God, he did not, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position as a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So Jesus is God, and yet God chooses to be humble, appearing as a baby and yielding his divinity for us. This incarnation, and I love this quote from Richard Foster, who's a theologian and writer today. He says, nothing... Nothing can ever approach this perfect and unrepeatable reality of incarnation. Jesus, the Christ, is incarnation himself. We bow under the mystery of it. And so as followers of Jesus, we have to embrace mystery. We can't explain everything, but we can fully know God and we can live deeply with God. And we can have faith, faith being confidence in what we and who we believe in an assurance of what is hoped for. Jesus and his life and resurrection, for me, and I know for many of you, gives us tremendous confidence that we can live differently and that we can give ourselves away for other people. In other words, we become generous and we, we give our time and talent to be with other people who can do nothing for us. And we've been on each end of that exchange over our lives. But we know that God will use that holy mystery to use us to bless other people. And then we receive the joy that comes out of that experience and the closeness that comes to being with God. And then further, God sends the Spirit to, to carry on the work, the work of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the advocate, the spirit, will not come to you. 
But if I go, I will send him to you to guide you into all truth. And best of all, Jesus is always inviting us into this eternal community too. And so why, why does the Trinity matter? Really, that question that some of the students had for the professor. Why does the Trinity matter? Because the Trinity can sound just like a, a bunch of religious jargon. Well, the Trinity matters because it's the, it's the deepest perception that we have of God, of the fullness of God, of the wholeness of relational. Relational is who God is now and forever. God's very existence in the Trinity is personal. It's in the Trinity that we find that we cannot really be a person except in community. And this, this speaks to individualism and against it. I mean, it's important to have skills and be able to do things for ourselves. I'm not saying that, but a culture that idolizes individualism, in other words, what I do with my time and what I do with my life is my business. Well, to say that is not personhood because it denies relationship with other people. And without the Trinity, without the Trinity, we, we can begin to reason in our minds. We can begin to reason that God, God is judgment, but Jesus Christ is, is love, and we, we start to put on God what the Trinity is altogether in this loving, personal relationship. We can also begin to think of God and as a hierarchy. In other words, like, you know, the God's here, and then Jesus is here, and then the Holy Spirit's here, and, and there's envy, and there can be strife, and, you know, and no. It's all pure love. It's all collaboration, again, that we are invited into. Now, today, for the, uh, well, really for all of us, where do we catch? Where do we catch glimpses, glimpses of the Trinity working, because God is a working God and living amongst us personally. Well, I'd like to begin with a story that happened. It's a life story, if you will, just a few weeks ago in 11 o'clock worship. And the family is called, is called, the family's name is uh, the Daughtries, the Daughtries. And so if we, I think we have a, a picture. And so this to me is is such a beautiful picture. And rather than being interpreting this picture as a oh, as a church ritual, the Trinity is working right here in this picture. So the family's being in being received into membership, but the backstory is that the mom, Laura, standing behind the family, who is on their knees, when Rob, who's going to be baptized, dropped to his knees. He dropped to his knees. The children dropped right to their knees next to him, trusting God with their dad. And Laura's been praying for Rob for years, and her mom has been praying to the father that he would believe in the son, Jesus Christ, for years. The spirit would be sent into this family that they can live in a new way in relational wholeness that makes all the difference for them. 
This is a Trinitarian blessing right before our eyes. And they are, I mean, to, to me, um, they are amazing. Rob had some bad experiences that kept him away from the church for a long time. But this is community, and what you don't know is that he said that he, when he came to this campus, he felt inviting, invited, welcomed, and it was a place that he could enter back into relationship with God. And I don't believe that's an accident. I believe that that is providence working through all of you. I think I heard an amen. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I believe that because he said that. This is a place where I could reenter relationship with God. And it was a beautiful story. And now I want to show you the Trinity at work in another way. And this is three years ago, if you will, the next uh, photo. So that happens to be the Mason family. And so that's myself and Roxanne with the boys, Jeff and Clay. And this is my dad's celebration of life. So you see a lot of, I mean, a lot of smiling faces and joy there. We weren't that happy that dad died. We were just, I mean, dad, dad was a character. But the, uh, the, where does the joy come from in that picture? I mean, what could have been a very sad event and maybe just an obligation, you know, that we have to get up and say some things about dad. Well, what was happening in the background was for years, myself and my sister and my mom had been praying for our dad who was far from God, just couldn't get back into relationship with God. And through his illness, he became vulnerable and weak, if you will. And in the weakness, God's strength started coming to his life as he allowed me and others to pray with him. And I know people like Pastor Bob and my colleagues here were praying for, for Charlie. And, um, and so we really celebrated because we're people of hope. I mean, that's eternal because we could trust. The reason we can smile is that we can trust Dad is with God and God's got him. And then in the, in the back story of this, of this story is that, that uh, as I'm getting ready to do the celebration of life, and I, I didn't really know if I should do it, and I was going to speak from a, a psalm. I was going to have a psalm, and right, right before that, as I'm going up there, I'm thinking, no, you've got to tell the prodigal son, you know, the story of the prodigal son. Been far, far away from God, has come back late and completely to God. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, Holy Spirit, I'm going to do that. And so I get up there, and as I get up there to read, uh, and, and I had confidence that I could do this. And I had confidence, again, full on. I get up there to read the Scripture, and I cannot find it. Now, I can tell you this. I'm not necessarily known for my biblical scholarship. However, I thought I could find that. And so I am, what to me felt like 30 seconds. My wife told me it was like, felt like forever awkward, and I'm flipping around. I'm, I'm in the Old Testament. I'm all over the place. And, but I can tell you what, the reason I had confidence, the reason I had confidence was who was in that room who belonged to God too. And so my colleagues, Pastor Bob and Jason, were in that room, and so I knew they had me. I mean, I'm, I'm telling the truth. And so it went on for a while, and then finally, a voice from the side of the room said, Luke 15, and Pastor Bob hit it. And so, and we went on from the celebration from there. But I'm telling you what, that room burst out because, hey, you know, if God tells you to do it, you go there. People got your back, and it was a beautiful celebration. So we, we have a good time with that story. But it was a holy moment that God had given me confidence. 
And we had prayed to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for that very, that very day. And now just one last example that I just saw. Yeah, amen. The, the other night uh, here on this campus at Jobs for Life. And so um, the, uh, if you look at this picture, on the three graduates, I mean, what do you see on their faces? Yeah, I mean, you, and what you don't know, and so what I want to tell you is, each of their stories is when they walked in here, not really sure what they believed. And this Jobs for Life is a, is a ministry that over eight weeks, people are uh, given a champion. So in other words, to somebody to come alongside them, they get a biblical worldview of, of what work is and dignity and um, what that does for us and uh, who God is and believes in them. And they said each one of them, when they came into that, they had no confidence. They had no confidence. And then when they stood up the other night, that's the confidence that radiates off their faces because they know they have been prayed for by those champions. Those champions have poured into them, have poured into them for weeks. Again, praying to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the Spirit, when they spoke, if you've never been to one of these, you've got to come. You've got to come because the testimonies are awesome. And so this is a Trinitarian blessing. This is not an accident. The power of God is working through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Relationally, these three pictures we saw are community. Those don't happen by ourselves. And so as, as we prepare to close here shortly, I want to make a confession and a challenge. The confession is a before and after moment for me was that before I came to faith, I lived out of fear. Fear that God wouldn't provide for me. I couldn't trust that. Fear that I had to be in control of things. Fear that, um, well, I might look like a fool for God, but I don't care. And when I came to an understanding, I could give that, that fear away. I also just wanted to escape the world. I just wanted to gather all my stuff, get it together, and get out of here by myself somewhere. And then when the knowledge of, the, of God went from my head to my heart and experienced God, I seek to be in community because it's community that changed me. It's the people in this very room. I look around, just like your theologians, the God in you inspired me and changed my life. And so for us today, the challenge is that if you might be at the place where, and, and, and I was dead inside. And so if you're at a place where your faith isn't alive or you feel dead, I get it. And God bless you. But what I can't tell you enough is to get into community, to seek community deeper and deeper because it will change your life and your, and your faith will seem very alive. And so for me, we know that we, we, sung, we sung about it, that God is always creating everything new, everything, renewing everything. And so for me, I'm trying a new thing that God has created on this campus, and it's called a band. And what we do is, uh, guys, I want to show you a picture of, of this. Uh, this is what we do. We sit in the prayer room back here, and we pray for each other. Three, 
Well, three guys and I'm one of them, so two other. And what we do is we confess our sins to each other. We confess our temptations. We pray for each other. We absolve each other. In other words, we say, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And we love each other. And I think we would give our lives for each other. And it's a holy time, but we, we are deep into community. And we know our faith is alive and real. And so if it's not for you, you can talk to myself or Pastor Bob. Uh, Pastor Jake leads these, these, uh, these groups. I invite you to go deeper into community. And so I leave us with a couple questions today. A couple questions. How does a person go from no understanding, let alone believing in the Trinity, to a place where the Trinity is the reality that holds the world together? And how does a person come to the place to believe God is three in one, a very personal God who gives life and loves us beyond our imaginations? Well, I would suggest to you, and I know from my own experience, it comes through every prayer, from every hearing and reading of the word. It comes through every baptism. It comes through every holy marriage. It comes and it comes and it comes. Because we, beloved community, were, were created to reflect the community of God. And so I say today to us, our challenge is to live and reflect the holy God that loves us beyond our imaginations. Let's pray together. Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you. Holy community, you are beautiful, you are good, and you are always working for the salvation of this world. We thank you that we can live in faith and confidence, knowing that you have our backs, that you are for us, and that you are with us. Lord, we know we don't always get it right. In fact, we fail, but you pick us up, and you move us and move us forward again. It's in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.